Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Better Together podcast. I'm Michael. I'm Tony. And we are so glad that you've joined us. Today, we are um, doing an impromptu uh, podcast talking about uh, and a, a very important subject. It seems to be um, plaguing a lot of people lately, and the more that we talk about it, the more we realize we're not the only ones, are we? Nope. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking today about um, making it through depression and anxiety in a very tumultuous season, in a very tumultuous uh, world, in a very crazy world, how you can make it through. There's hope for you. If God delivered us, He can deliver you. And so we want to just welcome you to uh, the podcast today where we're, um, we're just going to get real. Yep. Yep. But before, but before that, <laughs> before, our, before we get into the, you know, the heavy subject, we do want to, uh, we always start off on a light foot. And yeah, we want to ask the questions. Talk about some light questions. And since it is just a couple weeks away from Thanksgiving holiday, we want to uh, ask each other some of our uh, favorite foods, holiday, favorite holiday foods. What did you, what did you write down there? I, that's what I asked. The qu- I wrote down the question so I didn't forget. So let me ask so you. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? My favorite Thanksgiving food yes. uh, would have to be, I know that this is not a, a typical Thanksgiving food, but it's the spanakopita. It's the Greek pastry uh, with spinach and tons of butter. because And feta. And feta cheese. And um, for all of you Greeks and, and wannabe Greeks, um, that is the ultimate Thanksgiving pastry. But I do love the tur- the traditional turkey, the cranberry sauce, real cranberry um, sauce, not the canned stuff. I do like the canned stuff if you're in a pinch, but the real, the real deal. So I'm a member of a What's for Dinner group on Facebook, and the, the girl kind of that spearheads it, she put on there and said... List your stuffing recipe. And I said, my stuffing recipe is go somewhere where they make it for you. And then you just eat it because I don't think I've ever prepared Thanksgiving dinner before. Yeah, you have. I don't think I've made the whole meal. No, Mm-mm. no. And I, I mean, my favorite Thanksgiving food. I don't think I have one. I mean, I, I like Thanksgiving and everything, but I don't. It's turkey, which yeah. is kind of like chicken. Okay, so uh, since we're talking about food so, and we're starving because it's dinner time. Oh, wait, some of us ate today. You yeah, ate. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dessert? Before no, I just, was a clean eater? No, just your plain favorite. Just my plain old favorite, favorite Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dessert. dessert. You go to your mom and dad's house for Thanksgiving and you see blank, and you're thinking about it the whole time you're eating everything else, thinking, I've got to make room for that. What is it? Oh, pecan pie. Pecan pie. So is it pecan or pecan? Pecan. <laughs> so our our dear friend and children's pastor, uh, Christine, Pastor Christine Marsano, is, is actually sitting in the room, and I just want to ask her, like, uh, you're not on the mic, but what is your favorite Thanksgiving dessert? Oh pecan yeah, pecan pie. pie. Mm. So talking about the holidays, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a confession to make. Okay, I put my tree up last night. Yes, you did. It's November eleventh, just for p- 
posterity's sake when we recorded this podcast. Yeah, we put that up as well as we've had some unseasonably, incredibly warm weather these last, well, this last week. And um, so I was compelled by the weather to put up all of our outside decorations as well. So, Which I think is a wise decision. Yeah. However, I didn't think they would make their lighting debut until Thanksgiving night. Nope, too late. Where are they? Allie came in, she goes, Mom, I'm embarrassed. The lights are on already. Um, one one uh, caveat for uh, the Ligaris house in, um, in at Christmas time. We are not... Let me repeat this. We are not blinkers. Oh. We are not fans of blinking lights. We we don't mind the uh, the multicolored lights or white lights. We like them both equally. However, there is no blinking. Did I, did I tell you what Allie asked me yesterday? If she asked for blinking. <laughs> no. We were talking about something, and she goes, well, what kind of things are deal breakers when you're looking at getting married? Like... <laughs> Things you should talk about before you get married, like, should you talk about politics? I'm like, absolutely. You want to be on the same page? She goes, well, is like blinking Christmas lights, is that a deal breaker? And I said, yes, yes it is for us. We do need to find out if they're blinkers <laughs> and if they are, if they're willing to convert. Yeah. And I went to the store yesterday and got Christmas lights for our new Christmas tree. And uh, I'm walking up towards the checkout and I look down and they say twinkling and I'm like, no. So I had to turn around and go back and change them out for the real deal. They're all twinkling, babe. They're all twinkling. No, no. It meant blinkers. Yep. That's what it meant. Well, here's so. here's the um, the other. I just I will never forget 20, this June, this coming June in 2021, we will celebrate our 25th anniversary and 26 years ago. Your mother, my mother-in-law, Kay Tomerlin, looked at me and goes, pulls me aside and goes, you don't like blinking Christmas lights, do you? <laughs> I'm like, no, okay, we're, we're good. In fact, if I had my druthers, I wouldn't even have colored lights anywhere. They'd just be white everywhere, inside, outside. I love white Christmas lights. Ah, but the kids you know, like colored Christmas lights, so the they're colored, are. mixed colors, the greens and the reds and stuff yeah. outside and white Inside. The kids, uh, when they were little, they liked them. But um, hey, speaking of the holidays, um, we always recognize that some of the some of the people that we know, and a lot of people that we know, uh, once we get to the holiday season, it's a, it's not as joyful as it is for uh, everyone else. Uh, and some people struggle with the uh, the holidays because of uh, memories, because of people who have gone on, who've passed on, and it's perhaps the first holiday season without a loved one. And also, if you're from this area in America, in the Northeast uh, part of it, uh, there there happens to be this thing called seasonal depression. We've experienced that, you know, the sun, go, the sun goes behind the clouds for six months and we don't, we rarely see the blue sky. But um, we want to talk today about how you um, how you navigate and how to negotiate uh, life, especially during the um, the seasons of life where it seems like depression wants to come on you, anxiety wants to come on you, and uh, seasonable or unseasonable depression. Well, especially uh, in this time that we're living through right oh, now, yeah, absolutely, it's just utter chaos everywhere you look. Everything is uncertain. And uncertainty is a breeding ground for anxiety and depression. And I think also, um, we've said it for, for many years, unrealistic expectation is always 
um, something that causes anxiety, that causes um, frustration. And that can also yield to some of the things that people are experiencing right now. Yeah. Now you said something, um, I think it was Sunday morning. It may have been from the pulpit or last week sometime about the difference between depression and anxiety that I thought was very clear and easy to understand and profound. Yeah, I think that um, in my own journey, uh, I've found that depression really stems from things that we've been plagued in, by in our past. Um, perhaps it's um, sin, perhaps it's relationship breakups, perhaps regrets. it's regrets. Um, so depression stems from what behind what is behind you, and anxiety always uh, comes from what lies ahead. And um, just in, you know, I've been real transparent in some of my discussions with people in church and in behind the scenes counseling sessions. But in in dealing with anxiety, the issue that I've always dealt with, and I, you know, we all have blue days, but where you can't stay is wallowing in that. And anxiety, um, for me, the trans or the the simplest way to look at it was. Um, I tend to uh, what it, what's called fortune telling. I try. I look forward and think the worst case scenario. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who are wise will eat of its fruit. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three and twenty four, those things which you say shall come to pass. And I think that in dealing with anxiety. It's a little bit different than dealing with depression, but I think um, Paul gives us a glimpse in how we should look at anxiety, and that's through the lens of the Word of God. We always look through the lens of the Word of God. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it's one of my favorite passages. With thanksgiving in our heart, when you live from a platform and from a place where Um, Father, I'm not going to ask you for things you've already given me. I'm going to thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding. And then the Bible says, and then the peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts and guard your minds. So when I look ahead, I thank God that his grace, that his mercy is going to be there. I don't have to worry about it right now. I don't have to look at it with anxiety. God told us. In fact, Jesus said, don't don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. And so when we get there, his same the same grace that was with us in this present moment and allowed us and, and compelled us through is the same grace that's going to be tomorrow, there tomorrow when we get to whatever we're facing. And often what I've found is anxiously awaiting for the worst case scenario. You've heard that statement, uh, the uh, the anticipation of death is always worse than the death itself. You know, when you get to that point where it's a stepping off point, okay, I've got to make a decision. And in that moment, you realize, wait, this wasn't really that bad. Um, I think that you uh, you can do yourself a huge favor and not think worst case scenario, but always invite God into it. Yeah, I just was reminded of a time where our daughter deals with anxiety and fear And we were at um, Cedar Point, and every year we would make her ride at least one of the thrill rides. And so we were in line for the gatekeeper, and it was it was probably a half Cedar Point, mind you. That's what I said. I don't think Cedar Point. Did you? Yeah, I don't remember. I did. And so we're in line. It's about a half hour wait, and she's just 
riddled Terrified. with anxiety yeah. and fear and it's gripping her and she sits down and she's screaming and she's crying and they're looking at us like what are you doing to your poor child I'm like she'll never know if she likes it if she doesn't actually experience it for herself we got to get past the fear of the unknown and experience it so we go through the whole ride she cries through the whole ride I'm thinking she's gonna hate us forever we get off the ride and she goes that wasn't so bad and so sometimes that fear of what's to come, that fear of the unknown riddles us because we really don't know what's to come. And if you don't try it, you're never going to know for sure whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, years ago, uh, it's already been, it's 2020. It was five years ago um, I released an album called I Stand Amazed, when, of which you and I wrote several of those songs, co-wrote those together. But on that album, I released a song uh, that really came out of a place of just desperation and crying out to God and saying, God, I need you to come into my right now. And um, it all came about um, when I was reading the 18th Psalm. And I remember just hearing the compassion and the desperation coming out of the psalmist uh, in verse six. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to my God and he heard me from his very temple. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. Uh, then it comes down, it says, verse seven, then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills uh, also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Why? Because I was hurting. That's my father in heaven. And, and, and we all know, we're all sitting in here, we all have kids. When your kids cry out in desperation and in distress, man, it touches your heart. And you're like, I will cut you. You drop everything you know? you're doing. I, I will drop somebody, you know? Like if you're messing with my kid. And so God comes down. And, and literally in, in David's praise, in his uh, magnification of God and his glorifying God. But even in his desperation, God says, let me inhabit the praise of my son. Let me come and let me inhabit the praises of my people. And in your praise, what I found to alleviate anxiety in my desperate moments are uh, when I'm praising the Lord. And, and it's, it's amazing when you just simply say this, praise the Lord. In the middle of the storm of, of anxiety, he calms the storm and he, you introduce your father to the situation. The beautiful thing about what we know about scripture is Jesus um, said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be with you. Paul reminds us again of it in Hebrews. He said he would never leave you. He'd never forsake you. But then he says this, Jesus Christ is part of the Godhead. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what King David experienced in the fields, watching the flocks full of anxiety that an ang angry bear or a lion or something might attack again, he was always calmed with this. All I have to do is open my mouth and invite God through my praise to come and, and introduce himself to my situation. Why? Because God's bigger. He's bigger than all of that. And the ability to praise him through the storm of anxiety and even in depression, looking back, guess what? You can't go back and change anything. Well, sometimes even depression is caused by and anxiety and panic by a hormonal imbalance. Yeah. When my hormones started changing a few years ago, because I was getting a little bit older, just a little, my hormones started changing and I started dealing with um, hormonal depression. 
and it was very blue. It was very dark. It was very feeling less. And um, I think we need to address that fact too. Maybe you don't have anything that you regret from your past, but you're still feeling a feeling of depression. And I just want you to know, you know, feelings don't get to dictate our life. Feelings are locators. They were never meant That's to good. be leaders. And I like to say, um, the feelings are to the soul what nerves are to the body. They just tell you what's happening in your environment around you to your flesh. Like if you put your hand on a hot stove, your nerve endings are going to tell you this is painful. Remove it. There's danger. But if you're getting a massage and it's relaxing, your nerves are going to tell you this is good. Relax into it. And so feelings are, are, are like that to the soul. If something's hurting you, if something's causing fear, it's not about ignoring the situation. Faith never denies the situation. It looks at it straight in the face, calls it what it is, and then overcomes that situation with the truth. And so in my case, I would sit there and go, I know this, is, this isn't real. I know I have nothing to be depressed about. I have nothing to be down about. There's, there's the, a hormonal imbalance is causing this, but I can't shake it off. And so at that point, you have to know that even though you're feeling depressed, your feelings can also lie and miscommunicate to you, just like you can have phantom pains in your body. Like, have you ever thought that your phone was in your pocket and vibrating? But there was nothing in your pocket vibrating because it was a phantom feeling because you're so used to having your phone in your pocket vibrating. But that's never happened to me. You're such a liar. But um, <laughs> our feelings are locators. They were never meant to be our leaders. So we can look at feelings. You want to call them what they are. You want to express them in healthy ways, but then you need to overcome them with the truth. It's not enough to know that it's lying to you. You have to replace the lie with the truth. Yeah, and the best way to replace those lies is with the Word of God. And um, I'm currently in a season of uh, just asking God, show me what, um, what it means to be righteous and the journey that he's taken me on is really a journey to define my identity and when you realize who you are you replace the lies of the enemy where oh you're depressed all you're going to be is depressed you you're paralyzed you'll never get any better than any better you will not get any better if you don't replace those Lies. lies with the truth and it's one of the reasons why David, David dealt, he was a man full of compassion. He was a man of war, but he was also a man that understood if I don't deal with my self-talk, I will become what I say. And so he would talk to himself. Why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope or your confident, eager expectation in the one who comes when I praise. Yeah. And so what I've realized is this over the years that replacing the lies with the truth of who I am has always built me up, has always given me the ability to come out of the wallowing place and the wallowing places. And so what does that look like? We simply uh, years ago went on a journey to find all of the places in the word of God that says, I am the righteousness of God, or you are, 
or we are, or in Christ, or in him. And in doing so, we've come to understand who we are. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and this is the scripture I've been preaching out of lately, the Bible says, Paul wrote under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he said, he who, be, who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus identified with us so that we might identify with him and everything that belongs to him now belongs to us. And so one of the things that I have still yet to find because it's not in there is the fact that we, um, we are anything less than what God says we are. Yeah. So anytime you believe anything that the word of God does not say about you, what do we say? You've been hacked. You've been hacked because it's not true. Well, you mentioned that Psalm, why so downcast, O my soul. And I love, I love that example because it's such a good example of dealing with your emotions in a healthy way. We're not supposed to deny them. We're not supposed to stuff them. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he says, why are you so downcast? So in essence, he's saying, I'm depressed. Why am I depressed? Yeah. Shift your focus from what's depressing you to the hope you have in God. He will yet save me. He's my helper. He's my God. And so he takes you through that whole progression of calling it what it is, saying this isn't the highest truth about me. The highest truth about me is that God is with me. He won't fail me. I will overcome this. And he steps right out of that depression into confidence. And, and the thing about Christianity is we, it's, we're not supposed to just put a fake smile on our face and no, go, oh, no. I'm okay. Because no, sometimes you're just not okay. Yeah. But it's okay to not be okay on your way to being okay. Just don't stop at I'm not okay. Exactly. Keep going until you have switched your focus and turned your soul to what is going to encourage you instead of what is going to depress you. And one of the things that we also recognized in our journey, um, and again, guys, we're not, we're not sharing this so you can get dirt on us. We're sharing this so that it might help someone who may be going through this same journey of depression and anxiety, and um, you may just feel paralyzed. But one, one leader um, told us at one time, that you should not talk about this until you get on the other side of this in victory. And um, as we began to uh, just seek some counsel, some Christian counseling on this, we realized that that was the worst advice anyone could yeah. give you because isolation it's wicked. Is a, is a very scary place. And we've understood this over the years. That it's the lone banana that gets peeled. And it's the lone deer or antelope in the wilderness that gets picked off by the wolves. You don't want to isolate yourself anymore because the enemy prowls about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if you're by yourself and you don't even, you don't have the strength at that time where you're full of anxiety and depressed to build yourself up, you need other people yes. to help you. That's why we say we are better, better together. together. And um, you made a great statement just a few seconds ago when you said, um, you know, uh, you, you really have a choice in all of this. And uh, for those of you who may be listening today and maybe maybe there's been an incident or a, an event that has caused you to be depressed. They call that situational depression. Situational it's depression. Temporary. It's temporary. 
Let me just make this statement. It's not a very popular one, but you have a choice. You have a choice right now, whether you're going to dwell in it, stir it up. You're going to allow yourself to wallow in it because you want people to recognize you and give you a pat on the back. It's going to be a no. You have a choice whether or not to wallow in it or to worship Jesus through it. And here's the thing about depression is you don't feel like doing anything. Heck no. If you've ever felt depressed, you feel like laying in your bed and doing absolutely nothing. And that's where you have to come back to the fact that your feelings are locators, but they're not leaders. They don't get to determine and decide what you do. And so I, I love what he said. As he was saying those things, I was writing on my paper to remember to say, don't do it alone. No. Bring it into the light. You need someone that when you're feeling like that, that if if you can't get yourself out of that funk, that you can call them and go, I'm in a dark place. I need help. You need people. And if you don't have people, come to church. Yeah, You need to get yourself. some people. Yeah. And uh, it'll help you pull yourself out of that. A lot of times we don't want to put ourselves around people uh, because the flesh wants to just wants to pull away. Mm -hmm. There is a time to pull away when you're exhausted, rest. But when you're depressed, you need to surround yourself by people who can lift you up and who have strength to uh, fan the flame in you. Um, especially if you don't feel like doing it. Especially when you don't feel like doing it. We have un just understood at times that um, when we don't feel like doing, that's probably the time we need to call our, uh, our friends. Um, we, were, we were privileged to be in a conference or a retreat a few years back and the, the lead speaker excuse me, at the time, he made a statement about three things and it's proven how to so effective, strong. how to finish strong in our lives. And it really pertains to what we're dealing with right now. But he, he made this statement. He said, guard your heart, mm -hmm. get healthy and get a friend. Um, we, we have recently just understood that isolation really is, um, it, it's, it's not healthy. And to, to walk through life with a friend or a safe place, or have someone that you can talk to and know that it's a safe place, it's really effective in your longevity, healthy and spiritually. Yeah. And if you're coming out of this COVID season and never before you've dealt with depression or anxiety and you find yourself in that place, let me tell you. You're not alone. I have talked to so many people who said, I've never been depressed before, but I feel depressed. Yeah. It's temporary and we need to shake that off. And if you're dealing with anxiety because of what's going on in the world today, because you're just watching the news and watching Facebook and just feeding on what the mainstream media is saying, and that is causing anxiety in you, it's okay to turn it off. Yeah. It's okay to glance at the news, be informed with what's happening, but please don't feed on it day and night. You can scroll through your Bible app as easily as you can scroll through your social media. Say that again. You can scroll through your Bible app as easy as you can scroll through social media. So choose the truth and choose what's going to bring peace and hope and life and build yourself up on the hope that is in God, and then go glance at the news once you're already <laughs> built up. But you've been very transparent about your journey over the years with depression, babe. And I just want to kind of put this out there so that you know, 
out there, um, maybe you have a little bit of a, a darker case of depression. There's no shame. There's no blame in getting counseling and getting on medication. Absolutely. Sometimes you just need a medication for a short season to help balance out your hormones and get you to a place where you can logically process what's happening. Yeah. I do want to just address one more thing before we have to transition out. But, um, you know, there, there is this mindset that I, you know, I, and it's, a, it really, it's really steeped in pride. Uh-oh. And, and it's hard to say this, but it needs to be said. Um, there is a mindset that I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody to help me. Um, I just go to Jesus when I, I, I'm going through some depression or anxiety. And really, anytime you experience or see extreme independence is really an identifier that says I'm responding out of a, a place of unhealth or a trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we don't deal, if we are not honest enough to say, look, I'm hurting here, um, I need help. Um, that's what, that's why we say all the time. That's one of the reasons why we named this, you know, better together podcast, because you can't do it alone. The Bible says that we are supposed to, um, that every joint is supposed to supply something for someone else. And if that's the case, then I can't look at you and say, I'm good. I'm, I'm just good. That's a lie. Yeah. And not that we don't go to Jesus. Obviously, we're going to go to oh, Jesus absolutely. with our problems. But even Jesus put himself in a place to live in community. Yeah. And he asked the disciples, come and pray with me. And then he kept going back to them and saying, can't you watch and pray with yeah. me for an hour? Yeah. So he put himself in a place to need people. And if the only one who would qualify to be able to do this life alone chose not to, that's a good example to us that we were never meant to yeah. do this life alone. It was meant to be done in community. And it's un it, the beauty about his relationship with his disciples is also this, like he, he wasn't so transparent with everybody. You know, mm -mm. he, he had three that he was, um, he was extremely close to. Then he had his 12 and then there was 120 and then there oh, was the 500, 70. the 70, and then there was 500. I mean, there were different levels of transparency. And I think you've got to know who you're speaking with and know who you can trust. And that only comes from fellowship or unveiling the traits in each other to get to know one another. Um, I just want to say one more thing, because I know we're running out of time and we're entering into what for some people is the most wonderful time of the year, which we mentioned, but for others, it's the darkest time of the year. If you are dealing with suicidal thoughts, get help, help right now. Don't yield to that. Get help. Call your church, call your pastor, call your friend, bring it into the light. It's a serious thing and uh, it's a permanent Solutions. solution to a temporary, temporary problem. problem. Yeah. You can get through this dark day that you're dealing with. Don't do it. Get help. Get help. Um, it is a very hard thing. And as pastors, we've walked through um, some very dark seasons, even recently, where family members made the decision to uh, end their life. And um, can I just tell you, if you've been contemplating it, if you've been thinking about it, talk to somebody. Because just in talking with somebody, you'll realize you're bringing it into the light. God is bigger and you're fortune telling. You're thinking, oh, it can only end this way. But God is a God of miracles. Yeah, and he and writes he still, a different story. He will write the ending. 
if you'll give it to him and take it back uh, and give it over to him and stop taking it back. And what I've understood over the years is anxiety really is me taking my future because I cannot fix anything. Only Jesus can. That's so good. I can't take it. And God holds my tomorrow. But when it, when I start to get anxious and full of anxiety, I've realized I've taken my tomorrow. I've taken my life. I've taken my future. And I've taken it back instead of surrendering that to him. Um, we all have a little bit of control freak in us, yeah? Uh, Not me. Oh, my. <laughs> Guilty. Um, but what we what we understand is to truly live at peace and to truly understand this peace that, that God has given us uh, in his word, uh, it only comes from true surrender. And in Thanksgiving, um, we're, it's interesting, we're getting ready to come into Thanksgiving uh, season. What a great opportunity for you if you are experiencing anxiety or depression right now, just to begin to give God thanks that he holds our tomorrow and he washes even the darkest sin from your past away. I have a verse, Um, and then I'm going to have you, or I'm going to have you. You're going to pray. We're going to pray for anyone who may be listening to this, struggling with depression or anxiety. Go go ahead. It's 139.5 in the Passion Translation. Is that Psalm 139? Yeah, Psalm 139.5. I'm sorry. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. He's in our future, and he covers our past. If you're listening today and you're struggling with depression from things that have happened in the past, maybe you live with regrets. I wish I could have. I should have. You can't change it. But what you can do is leave that in his hands and trust God to give you wisdom that only comes from the Holy Spirit and surrender your future. Lord, I made mistakes in the past. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me into all truth and help me to avoid those things that I've walked through in the past. And I know that you will walk me through it. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, if there is perhaps someone listening to this and struggling with depression, things that have happened in the past, or even paralyzed with anxiety for what might happen in the future, we know this, you are there in our future. You hold it. And so we give you back our lives. We we ask you to forgive us for taking back what we have said belongs to you. And Lord, here's our future. Here's our past. Wash us clean and give us peace. We just thank you for that in advance. Father, for that person who may be contemplating suicide right now, we bind that suicidal spirit in yes. the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You have no authority here. And we just thank you, Father, that you would just give them hope for tomorrow. You would give them peace and that the joy that they experienced in knowing you would become their their strength that they realize in in this life right now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Just want to encourage you one last time. Perhaps you you find yourself uh, contemplating suicide or thinking thoughts where um, you want to harm yourself. Can I just encourage you? Call someone today. Call your pastor. Call your best friend. You could even call here at the church at 330-898-5539. Get a hold of someone here. We want to walk you through that and better yet, introduce you to the Holy Spirit who leads you and guides you into all truth. Amen. 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 So. You're so cute. Oh, God. (laughs) 
we want to just say again, <laughs> thank you and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hey, we're called Better Together. So call a friend and catch up, have a cup of coffee with some of the guys or some of the girls. Uh, come to church. If you uh, happen to be in the Warren, Ohio area, you can visit us here at Victory Christian Center uh, at 4257 Todd Avenue Northwest in Warren, Ohio. Uh, and you can come to one of our weekend services. We have an early service at 8.30 a.m., one at 11. Child care is provided. But we do know this, as I'm looking at our children's pastor, there's no junior Holy Spirit, is there? And this young lady loves to uh, teach our young people to pursue the Holy Ghost with everything that's within us. So we like to say this often. We like to say it loud and clear for all to hear. We We are are better better together. together. See you soon.